In today's show, it's time to catch up on injuries around the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you are watching this on one of those platforms, YouTube, you can see that I don't have a beard. All right, it's the 1st of November here in Australia, so I am raising funds for men's health, mental health, testicular cancer, and prostate cancer for November. So I'm going to be growing out a mustache for the rest of this month. I will put a link in the description. I will put a link in the show notes of the podcast. I've tweeted it out as well. So if you want to donate, to help support men's health. I'm going to be growing a mustache to look stupid and a little bit sexy at the same time. So you can donate as I grow that mustache throughout the month of November. We're here to talk about injuries. 30 teams in the NBA. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the Hawks. Pretty good injury report. We're still waiting on the return of Bogdan Bogdanovich who had that off-season knee surgery, knew he wouldn't be ready to start the year. He's doing marginal work. I think he's doing some one-on-ones. I would expect that's at least two to three weeks away. With the addition of DeJounte Murray, I'm not really sure that Bogdanovich has top 100 upside. So without an IR slot, IL slot, IL plus slot, whatever the hell, someone literally criticized me. Hey, why do you call it IR? It's called IL on Yahoo. Like, I don't give a shit. Whatever your injured spot is called, if you don't have one of those, I don't know that Bogdan Bogdanovich holding up a roster spot in your league. And all of these comments are based on a daily changes format. In a weekly league, your bench is an injured reserve. In a roto league, your bench is an injured reserve. So if you're in one of those formats, just always remember that your bench in a weekly or roto is the same as injured reserve, injured list, injured list plus, disabled list, whatever the hell you want to call it. That is all the same. So back to the major point, if you're in a daily changes format, I'm not sure that holding Bogdan, who's still, I would say, minimum two weeks away, and then there's going to be low minutes, he's probably four to five weeks away from full minutes. I don't think it's worth it. I could be wrong on that. I really like Bogdan as a player, but I'm not really sure that the cost-benefit analysis in holding him on your roster uh, really makes a ton of sense. I'll say the same for Rob Williams, the rock DJ as well, but it's a little bit different. Rob Williams is a much better fantasy player. This is a top 30, 40 upside player, best case scenario. The problem is, I don't think we're going to hit best case scenario with Rob Williams this season. He has a knee injury that's going to cost him all of November, I'm guessing. Most of December, I'd guess as well. And then when he comes back, whether that's around Christmas or the start of January, I'm always going to be skeptical of injured knees and how long they take to return, especially when it's a re-injury scenario like Williams here. 
So I wouldn't expect that he could even touch 30 minutes until the All-Star break. He might come back in January, but then he'll play 23, 24, 25, 26, and then back-to-backs. It's not worth it. For as good as he can be, it is not worth holding someone when A, we don't know they're going to be back, and B, we don't know when they're going to be back at full strength. You might be holding a guy that by the time you hit February the 1st is the 91st best player. I don't think it's worth it. And if you're in a situation where you need your injured slot for for someone else who might be out two weeks, maybe it's Damian Lillard, maybe it's Brandon Ingram and his concussion, I'm not sure Williams is going to be worth it. For as good as he is, that is a long-ass injury that we've got to deal with. Brooklyn Nets, speaking of injuries, Ben Simmons has popped up on the injury report. No, that is, uh, that's not good. But it's not his back, so I guess that's a positive. It's his knee, some knee soreness. Now, we'll know more about this when I do the recap, sh- recap show later tonight because he is questionable for Monday's game against the Pacers. So we'll have more of an idea there, but obviously that's not ideal. But if you do have Nick Claxton, if Simmons is out, it does help Claxton. It helps guys like Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, probably a little bit of Patty Mills and Yuta Watanabe in there as well. Seth Curry is going to sit Monday's game due to his ankle injury because it is a back-to-back. I expect Joe Harris then will sit Tuesday's game due to that injury. And then uh, Tony Warren Jr. with a foot injury. Remember, he broke that foot, I think, the 4th of January 2021. We're almost two years removed from that, and he hasn't returned. I don't know what's going on with this guy. This guy is, honestly, we can talk. He is, forget, he is the slowest healer I've ever seen from any injury. And that is not a personal shot. Sometimes that just happens. I have no idea. There is no reason you should be holding Tony Warren. But this is a very, very long time for him to return from that injury. The Charlotte Hornets. It's still the same three blokes there. LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Cody Martin. LaMelo Ball, I wouldn't expect back maybe the weekend at the earliest. Probably looking more at Monday or Wednesday next week. But I don't know. They haven't given us updates. While Terry Rogier has now missed four games straight after he sprained his ankle against the Pelicans. Came back in and played on it. And now he's been listed doubtful for the last four games. And he's doubtful again for Monday. Just rule the bloke out. What? Why? And Cody Martin played one minute in game one. And then they've listed him as doubtful every game with quad soreness. And that's why when we're looking at Hornets players... Dennis Smith Jr., Callie Oubre, Jalen McDaniels. When we look at their production, we have to understand that there are three players who are going to play 34-34 for Ball and Rogier, and probably 24-25 to for Cody Martin that are going to cut into things. And they're going to have the ball a lot. So there are elevated production from Haywood, Oubre, Washington, um, Big Dick Nick, Jalen McDaniels, Dennis Smith. These guys are all getting elevated production. But their two best, best players are out. And when they come back, a lot of stuff is going to change. Be aware of that if you have those other players on your fantasy roster. Chicago Bulls have got a bunch of injuries that have cropped up. Ayo Desumu with a thoracic contusion. Okay. Um, I would softly hold Desumu. I am, as you're well aware, lower on him than others. So always take my opinion on Desumu with that caveat in mind that I, I just I always find that low usage player on a full-strength team, might struggle to produce enough fantasy value, but he is worth holding for now. We don't have a timeline on that. Zach Levine is listed questionable. The Bulls have a Tuesday, Wednesday back-to-back, so he's going to miss one of those games, it appears. He has been missing the first of the back-to-backs so far. The two back-to-backs they've had, he's missed the first game, so I would expect that game against Brooklyn, he's in real danger of sitting, but we, we don't know. Andre Drummond has already been ruled out of Tuesday's game with a shoulder sprain. Um... Like, I know he's been added in a lot of leagues, but... Get that 
Absolutely no reason to hold him. Even if he comes back on Wednesday, there's 11 games on. What are you doing with a 16-minute-a-night backup center, 18-minute-a-night backup center? Lonzo Ball, maybe he's back in January. Much like with Rob Williams, no point. I don't even think holding him in IL. Because when he comes back, it's going to be limited minutes, and maybe he plays 30 minutes by the 15th of February. Maybe I'm off on that. But this is a long-term injury, obviously, considering how long it's been already, and I'm not sure it's worth clogging up your injured slot. Well, Kobe White has appeared on the injury report with a quad issue. He shouldn't be rostered in most formats. But of course, if DeSumo and Levine miss, then White would have an extra opportunity. But if all three of those guys out, then we're really firing up um, Alex Caruso, maybe Javante Green, and maybe even the iron shoulder, Goran Dragic, would be able to step in in that situation. But if you are looking to hire, it's one of the biggest costs that small businesses undergo. And the best place to get the right people for your job, for your business, is LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Going through resumes, it's a tiring process. It's annoying. I used to have to do it. I wish I had something with all those screening questions and ability to filter to get the right applicants in when I was doing hiring back in my former life. Not that I've had multiple lives, but you know what I mean. So it's easy. You go onto LinkedIn, you create the job that you want, you add your job, you hit the purple hashtag hiring frame, add that to your LinkedIn profile, and that spreads the word that you are hiring. The simple tools like the screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. After you've listened to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, you've made it your first listen. I thank you for that. Make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. It gets all of the big stories in sports, bangs in one little show, and you get all that information. The biggest stories, the local experts, all that stuff. Locked On Sports Today, wherever you find podcasts, and of course, here on the old YouTube. Let's look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Darius Garland still out after that, honestly, horrifying eye injury that he sustained in the first game. We thought he might be back Friday. We thought he might be back Sunday. And now the next chance is Wednesday. What that is doing is giving this gigantic opportunity to Donovan Mitchell. It's boosting the value of Dean Wade. And it's allowing Karis LeVert to average six assists per game. It's also allowing Karis LeVert to score one point in a game, but it is giving him those minutes. So there's going to be some drop-offs happening there. Of course, Garland is worth holding in your IL slot. Ravishing Rick Rubio, probably not returning to mid-January. Would be the guess there, maybe February. He tore his ACL, I think it was, in December last season. But as an older player with multiple ACL tears, I'd expect 12 to 13 months before he's back. And then Dylan Windler, someone who I thought at some point, maybe last year, could have been a rotation piece, has been a massive disappointment. He hasn't played this season. He is dealing with an ankle sprain. Speaking of massive disappointments, in Dallas, Davis Bertans has not played this season. He signed that contract in Washington and was like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. That's it. I'm never playing again. I mean, he has played, but not well. And we don't really need to worry too much about either he or Frank Nilakina, who hasn't played this season with an ankle fusion issue. Neither of those guys are going to impact fantasy leagues. But for completeness sake, we talk about them. I don't even think they're rotation players. For the Denver Nuggets, the big stiffy Bones Highland hurt his hip in warm-ups yesterday and had to be pulled from the game. Well, he didn't play in the game. Um, And then Ish Smith strained his calf in the game. So their backup point guard situation is rough. There's no one there. If those guys miss time, their next game is not until Thursday. That is a big, big gap. So I wouldn't be like, ooh, I need to add um, the Shark Bruce Brown for that purpose. Baby shark, do, 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 do. 
Because what are you doing? Sitting on a roster spot for three days, maybe those guys sit. I've got no idea. So I wouldn't be thinking there's any move to make here. Bones is not a 12-team league option, as we've seen over the course of this season. Of course, Ishmith isn't either. They've also got Colin Gillespie, who has a leg fracture. He's going to be out uh, months. For the Detroit Pistons, Alec Burks remains sidelined. Alec Burke. With that foot fracture. When is he back? I don't know. Maybe it is this week. Um, where he fits in the rotation, does he take the minutes from Diallo? Does he take them from, hopefully, Corey Joseph? Does he take them from Killian Hayes? Does Dwayne Casey play him too much? Regardless, I don't think Burks is going to be an option for us. And then Marvin Bagley is still out with his knee injury. Bagley's probably three weeks away, and I am shit scared of how they are going to deploy him. You do not need to have Marvin Bagley on a 12-team roster, either categories or points. Maybe 16 you can hold him in IR. And then the young big fella, Jalen Duran. He's going to miss Monday's game with an ankle problem. It looked not great when he heard it against the Warriors. Um, they play again on Wednesday, Friday. That's an 11-game day and a 12-game day. So in all likelihood, if you do have Duran, you wouldn't have played him on that Wednesday, Friday anyway. So the absence here on Monday doesn't hurt that much, and he gets that whole week there that if he is out in those games, um, it's not that big of a deal. But the path for him getting 25 minutes doesn't feel wide open. As much as we can look at it and go, what are we doing? Why aren't we playing him? That doesn't matter. So if you do want to drop Duran, I, I get it. But there is the ability, because you wouldn't use him on the Wednesday, Friday anyway, if you wanted to hold, you can. All the, yeah, again, the production is fine. And you could be holding him, waiting for something to happen in March. But I'd also look at that and go, I don't think they're going to say, Isaiah Stewart, don't play. Marvin Bagley, don't play. So we can give Duran the 30 minutes a night just because we're hitting March. I I'm not certain the Pistons are going to do that. So it might be you hold and hold and hold, and then nothing comes of it. For the Warriors, the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, remains out with that hamstring problem. That is allowing Moses Moody to play more minutes, which is useful for deeper leagues, but not much else. While Andre Iguodala is just conditioning himself to get ready to sit on the bench and talk to people. Um, he's just not really going to play too much this season. He'll play you know, maybe 20, 30 games, I would guess, and it's going to have absolutely zero impact for fantasy. For the Houston Rockets, Bruno Fernando remains out with that knee injury. They said he's going to be a while. I also believe that Ty Ty Washington is going to be a while with his knee sprain. Fernando obviously started out the season really well, struggled the next game, and then got hurt. We haven't seen him since. There's no reason to hold on to him. And now they are starting the delicate dancer, Alperen Shingun, and hopefully they stick with that. And that averts a little bit of that crisis. Also, since, since I created this slide, Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing, has been ruled out of today's game. Even the wild thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. With ankle soreness. I'm going to guess it's because he missed the start of the season with the ankle injury and this is a back-to-back. -back, so he's just sitting this game um, to rest. Maybe that means we get some more Tari preseason minutes. But most likely it means we get more um, uh, KJ Martin minutes. He'll get that priority over Tari preseason. But it's not. It, Tate's not a 12-team league guy. Martin isn't. Eason isn't. And we'll see where that goes from there. For the Indiana Pacers, a couple of injuries, including to a starter, which I can't believe that he is a starter, Aaron Neesmith, who has started four games in a row before missing the last one. He only hit over 25 minutes in one of those games, and he's not really anything outside of a deep league player. He's dealing with some foot soreness, while TJ McConnell is dealing with knee soreness. With those guys out, guys like Andrew Nempard, um, and even someone like James Johnson was able to get into the rotation last game. 
Miles Turner missed last game due to um, a back-to-back, but he's rolling. He's ready to go. Um, I, I am not worried about a trade. I'm more worried about a trade for Buddy Heald, that hurting his value, rather than for Miles Turner. Daniel Tice hasn't played this season. He's still out with knee soreness. I wonder if he actually ever plays a game for this Pacers team. For the Clippers, the Kawhi Leonard knee situation continues. He's played two games this season, 21 minutes then rested on the Saturday, then played 21 minutes on a Sunday, and now he's missed the last three games and he's going to miss Monday's game as well. This is not a regular management plan. This is a... They can say whatever they want. This is a setback. The injury plan is not play 42 minutes across the first two weeks and sit four games in a row. This is a setback and it is worrying. This is not a normal ACL recovery. I'll continue to say this. And I don't know if they'll ever tell us what the setback is, but there is something going wrong here. And we'll see how long that can be. Now, there are people who are making trades. I'm going to trade Kawhi Leonard for Tobias Harris. I need to get out of this guy. Now, that is selling at the absolute worst point. If I had him, and I think I'd do in like one league, I would have to hold. And he still has top 10 per game upside. I don't think he's going to get there because I'm not sure they're ever going to push him to 32 minutes, unfortunately, which again, given a normal ACL situation, he should be able to play 32 minutes a night like basically November, December, he should have been able to play those minutes while sitting back-to-backs. But it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. Bob Covington is out with COVID and Johnny Wall is resting today's game because of his injury history. Wall's minutes probably do start to ramp up at some point. But again, there's no guarantee that he hits 30 minutes a night. There's just no... I know people hate Reggie Jackson and they love John Wall. And I get it. John Wall is a significantly better player than Reggie Jackson over the course of their career. But it's also about fit... And Jackson is a better three-point shooter than Wall. So there's no guarantee that Wall plays 31 minutes and Jackson plays 17 or 18 or 19. It could happen, but it's far from like, well, this is definitely what's going to happen. So just be prepared for it. And I just want everyone to understand that this is not a guarantee. It could very much happen, but it is not a guarantee in the slightest. The Lakers, Anthony Davis. He's not officially on the injury report at the time of me recording this because the Lakers haven't released their injury report, but he is not right. His back is rooted. He, he's in so much pain after every game. And I know, I, I worry about Anthony Davis a little bit. I know we can, oh, Davis, mate, dated Davis. Best nickname in the league, Street Clothes Davis, right? I know you all love hanging shit on him. I know that, right? But I, I fear that this guy hears all this stuff. I know he hears it. He definitely hears it. And he pushes himself through stuff that is going to lead to a premature end to his career, whether it's ending his career or ending his career at a high level because he is not right. And, but he goes, no, I've got to play through it. Everyone says about how I'm always hurt. And the way that he got injured, he got smashed undercut, smashed straight on his back and it would have killed. Right. But because everyone talks about how soft he is, he's playing through it. He can barely move half the time. And I do worry that this is going to have a deleterious effect on his play and his career and games miss. So I am putting him here, even though officially he isn't on the injury report. It is not great. That was a bad hit. Dennis Schroeder with a thumb injury, probably two to three weeks away. I think he's actually a finger, not a thumb. While Tom Bryant, about the same. They both had surgery on their digits. Schroeder does have a role because Beverly is struggling a bit. Troy Brown isn't really the answer. Um, I wouldn't say that Schroeder is necessarily worth a stash because I don't think he's even got top 100 upside. But he's one to watch. While Tom Bryant's just not going to play enough. Cole Swider also out with a foot injury. Juan Toscano-Anderson's missed the last two with an ankle problem, of course. 
He's only a very, very deep league guy. Well, they're going to find some bullshit excuse to make sure that LeBron James is on the injury report. They're going to list him probable every single game with back soreness, foot soreness, groin soreness, ankle soreness, dick soreness, nose soreness, ear soreness, blurred vision, um, gangrene, whatever. They're going to list him probable every game. They'll find something to put on there to make it up. Memphis. Desmond Bain. Oh, no. Desmond Bain has appeared on the injury report for today's action with ankle soreness. Hmm. Not great. While Jamarant remains questionable with illness. I think, I know I talk about the state of what, the way that we see highlights or information. And like I was reading through, don't ask me why. I was reading through the Yahoo comments on players. I think it was Jeremy Sohan. And someone's like, have you noticed how all of these people getting illnesses are only on the bad teams? It's suspicious. They're not really sick, Right. And people can just say that, and then someone can see that and copy that, and say, so, "Well, you know, this is no, these guys are all soft. They're not actually sick. They're all fake tanking." But you ignore the fact that Ja Morant, probably a top five MVP candidate this season, on the second seed last season, one of the best teams in the NBA, has missed time for being sick. But that doesn't count. Paul George has missed time for being sick on a team that was a preseason top three title favorite, right? But. We, we go, oh, no, it's only the bad teams who are faking illnesses. No one else is sick. Have you noticed that? Well, I haven't noticed it because it's not true. And I just, it's just really important to always just not take a comment, even any even a comment I say, right? And someone, yeah, I, I try to be as factual as I can with all the information that I have, but like, look into it. Look into what I say to make sure that it's true. Now, yesterday I said something about Isaiah Hartenstein getting minutes over Mitch Robinson, which wasn't due to foul trouble. A lot of people looked at the box and went, oh, Mitch Robinson had five fouls. So Josh, you're lying. You're just biased. But Mitch Robinson had one foul in the first six minutes of the game, and then Hartenstein played 16 minutes straight. It was 16 minutes to eight in the first half while Robinson had just one foul. And then he picked up one foul with about 30 seconds left in the half. So again, it's, information is really important to understand context behind all this stuff. And I don't know why I just went on that ramp, but I think it's important. Jake LaRavia, also ill. He missed last game. He showed a little bit the game before that, but that was um, with uh, Lil John Concha out. Okay! So we'll see where LaRavia fits in. Um, Zaya Williams is out for you know, another four to five weeks with that knee problem. And Jaron Jackson, we are sort of expecting him back at some point in November, but it's Jaron Jackson. It's the Grizzlies. How much faith can we actually have in that happening? Not much, would be my guess. Let's go to Miami. Um, or Danny Green's out with an ACL. Don't expect him to play this year. Victor Oladipo. Man, Victor Oladipo's turned the corner. Man, he looks great. Oh, they rewarded him with a contract. He's going to be awesome. Hasn't played. Uh, he might be rooted. This is not great for Oladipo in this knee issue that is obviously causing problems. I don't think there is a large role. There's a role, but it's like 18, 19 minutes maybe. And it's going to have an impact a guy like Struis. I wouldn't be bothered with Oladipo in 12 or 14 or probably 16 team leagues, unfortunately. Well, Omar Yurtseven remains out with this ankle problem that's cost him all of the season as well. There might be a role somewhere for him, but of course, this is only deeper league stuff. While the Undertaker, Dwayne Dedman, had the poos and he missed the last two games, he is likely to return Tuesday and take that backup center role. The Milwaukee Bucks. Chris Middleton. When's that happening? Hopefully it's soon. I reckon we're probably one to two weeks away from Middleton returning. It was always an expectation for me mid-November for him to return. I banked on that when drafting him. But when he comes back, I think it's full steam ahead. So don't, if you drafted him, 
you should have understood this. And, and as, there are a lot of situations like this happen, but man, I can't believe it. Middleton's missing time. This was always ex- expected. I saw someone complain the other day that, um, man, I drafted Christian Wood so high. And that was before the news of him coming off the bench came out. The news of him coming off the bench came out about July the 4th. Maybe it was July the 6th. But people don't see everything all the time. So it is important to have that information. Anyway, Middleton is worth holding in your IL slot. Pat Connaughton isn't. He's probably two to three weeks away as well with that calf injury. While Brooke Lopez has appeared on appeared on the injury report with an illness, he is listed as probable for Monday. <clears throat> we'll see whether they uh, whether they go there with him. Joe Ingles out with an ACL. That's probably a January, February return, I would guess. While AJ Green is a real player in the NBA, and he is out with a nasal fracture. He's a two-way guy for them. Timberwolves have a pretty clean injury report. It's just Jordan McLaughlin with a heel issue. With him out, we saw Bryn Forbes and Austin Rivers get those backup minutes. Um, and unfortunately, not Jalen Noel. McLaughlin's not really impacting fantasy leagues. The New Orleans Pelicans, Herbalife Jones. Still questionable with the knee. He's missed three straight games. I do not believe that he is a 12-team league points league guy. I do not believe that he is a must-roster in category leagues. He is more of a steals specialist. Well, Brandon Ingram's probably going to miss Wednesday's game. Um, and then maybe he's a chance to return Friday with the concussion. So we keep an eye on that. Dyson Daniels has missed two straight with an ankle sprain. There's not really minutes available for him most nights, unfortunately. While Kyra Lewis is probably, I don't know, six weeks away from an ACL uh, tear. But I don't really see where the big role is coming for him. Um, the Knicks. Still haven't seen Quentin Grimes this season. When he comes back, I'd imagine he'd be somewhat limited with his sore foot. And I don't, like, are they going to bench Fournier for Grimes? Grimes needs 31 minutes to be a 12-team league player. And I don't think there's any chance of him getting that. With Fournier, with Quickly, with Rose, um, with all those, and even Reddish playing decently in his role, I I don't think that Grimes is going to have that value. For the Thunder, we are getting close to a Josh Giddy return. He is officially questionable for Tuesday's game. If he's not back Tuesday, I think he's back Thursday, which of course obliterates the value of Trey Mann. It probably does have somewhat of an impact on the Bronco. Broncos country, let's ride. Jalen Williams, the good Jalen Williams, the Jalen Williams without the Y, the small Jalen Williams. I don't know how else I want you to want me to describe him. Um, <clears throat> but Giddy will be back. So I think it also should, should have a negative impact on Lou Dort in that situation. But Giddy looks like he could return. The Orlando Magic. We don't really have any timetables here, which is frustrating because there's so many players out. Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, four guards, all out. I would not expect any of them to play this week. Maybe the end of the week, maybe you get them back Saturday, but I don't know, which obviously improves the value of Bol Bol, who played big minutes the last two games. Now, is Bol going to be able to maintain? He's played 27 and 30 the last two games. I think there's no chance that he plays those minutes. And I know there is someone who watches this video who's the world's biggest Bol Bol supporter and is like and keeps telling me how Bol Bol is going to yeah, maintain these minutes and he is the future more so than Fultz or a KK or any of these guys. Um, I, I think Bol Bol is going to have a regular role. I just don't think they're going to start him and play him 30 minutes a night. I think it's more going to be 20, 21. But while all these guys are out, Bol has great value. Ross has streaming value, especially with a really good schedule for this week. Even someone like RJ Hampton in deeper formats or Kevon Harris in deep formats. There is streaming value for those players. But all these guys, we just they just don't give us timetables. We know this. Flaming Mo Wagner, also out. 
And while obviously Bowl has been great this season, Wagner was really good in that backup role last season. I think Wagner could take all of Mo Bamba's minutes, to be honest, when he returns. Bamba is not particularly good, and Bamba is not a 12-team league player. Well, of course, he who should not be named is still returning from an ACL injury. Two and a half years later, we are not mentioning old mate's name until he plays. Joel Embiid is listed as questionable with an illness for the Sixers game on Monday. If he is out, you fire up your De'Anthony Meltons. He'll get more minutes. George Niang gets a little bit of a boost there. I have no faith in Paul Reed or Montrez Harrell, or more precisely, I have no faith in Doc Rivers to give those guys minutes um, enough to matter in most formats. For the Suns, DeAndre Ayton's going to miss the rest of this week. It was Bismack Biombo who started. He got some early fouls, and Jock Landale played really well, but I think it's going to be a frustrating minute split. I would prefer Landale over Biombo, but they're both pretty fringy 12-team league players. The Suns' schedule for this week, there's a good opportunity Tuesday, but then they play on the 12-game Friday, and then you can get something out of them on Saturday. So you might get two solid games out of Landale and Biombo. It still is a bit of a coin toss for me, but I would take Landale over Biombo. Ish Wainwright's dealing with a back problem while Jay Crowder still has his feelings hurt and he's sitting out requesting a trade, which appears like he's just not even close to happening. Portland. Damian Lillard out with that calf injury. We know that he's going to miss the game on Wednesday. He might miss the game on Friday. And as we've said all along with the um, with the Blazers, Shaden Sharp started, played 29 minutes, but with 11 games on Wednesday, would you use him? With 12 games on Friday, would you use him in your active lineup? And if the answer is no, then there is absolutely no reason to pick him up. Josh the Hitman Hart is in the concussion protocol, but he might be cleared by Wednesday. Remember, they last played Friday. This is a long time. Gary Payton is probably going to miss the rest of this week. And I don't think that Payton is a 12-team league guy when he returns. Olivier Saar is out for probably a few months with this wrist injury, unfortunately for him, because it doesn't give him many opportunities to uh, do this. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Well, Trendon Watford hasn't played this season. He's dealing with a hip flexor injury, but it does appear that Eubanks and Justice Winslow are pretty clearly ahead. So even if Hart misses Wednesday, like Winslow might be able to be streamed, Sharp might be streamed, but in general, you're probably going to have a full roster, and I'm not sure they're going to be worth the ads in that scenario. The Kings, look at that, clean injury report. While the Spurs have the absolute opposite situation going on. Devin Vassell with this knee injury. Now, Greg Popovich did say he doesn't think it's going to be long and he'll be back really soon, which is great news. Um, Josh Richardson dealing with a back injury. I think Richardson is worth a 12-team league look with the waving of Joshua Primo. Um, But he's missed the last game with a back injury on Sunday. They play Wednesday, Friday again. So have a look. Is it worth adding Richardson short-term. But I guess the thing is that maybe it's not short-term for Richardson because as opposed to Shaden Sharp or Justice Windsor, look, Richardson might be able to maintain 27 minutes a night for the next two months, three months, four months, who knows? So while they play Wednesday, Friday, and you might not use him those days, it might be more of a longer-term scenario. The same with adding someone like uh, a Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now! I know a lot of people added him for the game on Sunday. It looked like a great opportunity. Then out of nowhere, it came out that he was sick. He's not just a stream for that day. He's more of a longer-term hold. So if you added him, I wouldn't drop him. I think he'll be fine. Well, Blake Wesley, that's a deeper league thing. He hurt his knee. We haven't had a real update on that. They don't play till Wednesday. I'm not expecting him to play. While Isaiah Roby was ruled out of Sunday's game with an illness as well. So there's some sort of illness going around Spurs camp at the moment. Roby, probably just a deeper league guy at this point. Unfortunately, Fred Van Vliet has popped up on the injury report for the Raptors with a back issue. 
I wonder if that's due to playing 40 minutes a night. Hmm. I guess we'll never know. Um, obviously, if he is out, then you're looking at Malachi Flynn and Delano Banton pushing up a little bit, but it would be the big sneeze, Precious Achua, I would guess, who would get the boost because they'd play Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam at point guard, very much like how Orlando's doing things at the moment. And Achura and Boucher would get the boost while Flynn would get a little bit, but he wouldn't play 30 minutes. Or Banton, they won't play 30 minutes in the scenario where Van Vliet does miss. Otto Porter is still out, probably out the rest of this week, but we don't know it's a personal issue. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near enough minutes to be a 10, 12, or 14 team league guy this season. For the Jazz, there's three guys out with COVID, Rudy Gay, Simone Fontecchio, and Leandro Bomaro, but apparently Walker Kessler is ill, but it's non-COVID. It's really hard to justify holding Kessler, but if you do it, you're probably holding for like a January, February situation. And as I've stated a million times, I think that his path to minutes comes through Vanderbilt, not Olenek. And I don't think Vanderbilt's getting traded. So that makes it harder. With Gay and Fontecchio out, that does open up minutes for Oshai Agbaji and some more minutes for guys like Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Taylor Horton-Tucker, the hyphen crew. So those guys get a little bit more value. But the Wizards, Dillon Wright is out for the next few months with a hamstring injury. They played Jordan Goodwin. Just deep leagues want to pay a little bit of attention to Jordan Goodwin because a backup point guard who might play 15 to 17 minutes a night. He played 18 last game, actually. There's something there. And Corey Kispert remains out. We're only looking at him as a deeper league player. When he returns, what does that impact? Probably Avdia, probably Will Barton a little bit. Maybe we get rid of the Anthony Gill minutes. Thank for that. We'll see. And that... Does it for an injury wrap-up of all 30 teams in the NBA. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, you thumb it up. You leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.